0: Dear viewers and listeners, welcome to another episode of Side by Side with myself, Kazi Shafiq Rahman.
1: How are you going to create this brand experience that that conjures up these emotions? Because emotion is such a powerful tool. People talk about being consistent, consistent, showing up consistently. Mm -hmm. But even more powerful than that is what is the emotions that you can own that when someone feels that emotion, immediately they link it to you?
0: You'll get to learn all about branding today from our unique and special guest Mailen. What was the social norm and you know did you kind of break any barriers?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I never liked, you know, being like everyone else. I've never really dived that deep into that part of my life, even when I've done like therapy sessions. With the hotel experience, you want someone to feel pampered and feel like yeah. they're looked after. Maybe I felt that like I never had that experience and so You know what, it might even be a way of like an escape.
0: Now, before we begin, I have a small favour to ask. Um, If you would kindly just hit that subscribe button as this will help us massively. Let's begin. Before we kind of get into the kind of, um, the actual educational element, <laughs> um, let us go back mm-hmm. and learn more about you as a person. Who are you? Who's Maylene? And how did she kind of get to where she is today? Uh, maybe take us back as far as oh, possible.
1: Wow. Okay, thanks for having me here. Um, who am I? Oh, right, so, well, I'm a mom of two, but before this, I was an aspiring designer so I'm going back as far as when I first started my career. Um, I was, well, I've always actually wanted to be in the creative industry, and my mom actually was the one who um, encouraged me to get into it. Actually, no, before that, I wanted to own a hotel. But then she's like, no, the hotel, in the, you know, being in that industry, it's really hard. Do what you're good at, which is, you know, something creative. So I went into design school um, and then I got myself into uh, a design, an award-winning design studio in Singapore. Once I graduated, always loved packaging design, so that was the area that I went into. And then, and then I had bigger dreams to travel the world. So one of my big dreams was always to be able to work around the world, and and I wanted to work in London. I wanted to work in San Francisco, and then that took me here to London, um, and and. For about oh gosh, it was been, it's been so long. I think this was like 20 years ago. 20 years <laughs> 20 ago. 20 years ago, and I was uh, been in London for almost that time, I think, um, and just been working in um, some branding agencies like you know global agencies who also work with big brands that you probably would have heard of. You probably have some of the items in your home. So worked with PNG, and g Unilever, uh, Mars, and. Yeah, it's like just been to different agencies and Alhamdulillah, you know, when I was with um, the very first agency who accepted me in when I came here, it's not been an easy journey. Um, I got the chance, like I moved on from junior designer to design director quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And then and then I had the opportunity to travel the world to art direct photo shoots and to meet with clients and manufacturers, etc., work on the brands and And so that that was that was an amazing time for me. Um, just getting to see all the different markets as well, how see the whole process of how mm. a product's been created, how it's been branded and and marketed, all the things that need to go into growing such a big brand. and And so that was that that's been a really great experience. Then, after that, um, obviously, got married and had kids what year what year was that oh gosh 20 so got married in 2011 2011 and and i had my daughter in 2013 Okay. so this was when i took um, a long maternity leave and i needed a creative and that's all in london there's all in London. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, if we were to go back, way back, like your primary school oh, days. God, even oh, even way back. <laughs> yes. <we're> like, <laughs> okay. we want to know, like, you know, who Maylene is and, you know, what is, how did she kind of become who she is and what makes Maylene who she is? I guess I'm trying to understand your branding, your personal. I mean, as right. a person, you okay. know, how do you work and, you know, who, you know. J- oh, just...
1: okay. Back in Singapore. No, I'm going back. Way back, right? Way back. back. Take Singapore. us as
0: far as possible.
1: Okay. I actually shared this story before, but um, and I didn't realize this. I think it's got something to do with my mom. So when I was maybe maybe like six, seven years old, I think, maybe mm-hmm. even earlier, my mom, she, she started working, but one of her passions was flowers. So she was working as a florist. Nice. And I think she always... My mom is that kind of person where, you know, she... For her, anything she does, she does it with excellence. I think I picked that up from her, and and so you know, she she had this love for flowers. She wanted to teach other people how to do flowers, and she she loves. I think she loves going for competitions because for her, the award is it means she's made it. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So she always used to go to this um, competitions uh, like um and and I remember I remember. Some of my earliest memories was, you know, being at workshops with her, like in our void deck in Singapore, where she was teaching um, in this community Mm centre. And so I'll be giving out things to all the students, like all the materials. But also another memory I had was when I was, when she was doing the competitions, I'll be crawling under everyone's tables and picking up all the flower cuttings and creating my own Masterpiece. So I was bored, right? I was bored, but okay. Everyone's making flowers. So I'll do that too. So I made a little masterpiece next to hers. And I remember she was she she got the champion trophy that year, but the um the organizers also recognized my effort. And I remember going out and getting. And this is uh, all this in Singapore. A, this was in Singapore. Singapore. Yeah. So it was like a. I think it was like a. Oh, I just. I keep remembering it was some held by some Dutch organisers for some reason. So okay. I don't know what that award was, but yeah, they gave me a towel as a present and a kiss on the cheek. That, that was like one memory that I, I still kind of like have quite strong, I uh, still remember really strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, re- I reckon it's that that kind of kickstarted me into going for my dreams, wanting to help others get where they want to go.
0: how did you know like you really had a dream like okay you had um you i guess um joined the competition or something but how did you know like there's more to me like you know how did you kind of come out of the i guess i don't know what's life like in uh, singapore but Mm. what was the social norm and you know did you kind of break any barriers
1: yeah (laughs) i think for me i never i never liked you know being like everyone else Everyone, in Singapore, you have this mindset, uh, at that time anyway, not so much now. Like, okay, you go to primary school, you go to secondary school, you go to college, you go to university, you come out, you go and be a doctor, whatever, lawyer. I was never like that. I, Yeah, I was never like that. And I just remember, just in terms of things that I like, etc. I hate it when other people had the same thing as me. Like, I just <laughs> don't like to be like everybody else. Um, and... And yeah, so like, so for me, when, when I told my mom that, oh, I love to have my own hotel, I might be, I don't know how I got the idea. Maybe just never got to travel. Yeah, interesting.
0: Like, why, why, hotel? why out of all the things? Like, (laughs) for me, it's okay. I can explain about my aviation dreams and why, but hotel, like, you know, what what triggered it? it? Yeah, what triggered hotel? I think
1: maybe because my family was never that well-to-do. You know, we like never that well to do. I definitely remember times where, you know, we had power cuts or telephone cuts, whatever. Even in
0: Singapore, I thought Singapore no, is a my, very.
1: Well, yeah, be- because, you know, like my dad didn't pay the bills.
0: Oh, right. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So well, we in had... that sense, not because of power shortage or load shedding or something. No,
1: no, no. It's not that. <laughs> no, yeah. it's because, you know, we, the bills were not paid. And I remember my mom was not my mum was not working at one point as well but she had to go to work because you know my dad wasn't keeping up with the bills and and i think she felt like she had to get out there um so there may be might be a bit of that and i just remember because we were not that well to do never got to go on holidays i love travelling i love exploring i love mm-hmm. the whole kind of going to get a whole different experience and i think i think maybe maybe for me it's like owning a hotel maybe maybe it might have been because like you know the first hotel i went to i had such a good time and
0: do you remember what it was
1: (sighs) you know what not really i remember a few hotels and they weren't really that great to be honest but it was just the idea of you getting out there Mm, you know you're really enjoying yourself i i think the first few holidays we had was probably to malaysia so there was one we did as a family and oh, where was it? I know we went to like Janting Highlands in Malaysia. And, and I, I remember there was also one little trip I did just with my mom, like a girly time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I just remember that excitement, you know, mm-hmm. when you're getting on, on the coach or the plane? Actually, no. At that time, we weren't even flying. No, it was on the coach, and it, it was just that, that excitement of like, what's to come? You're going to go and enjoy yourself. You get all the time with your family, um, and then you begin given this experience where you get like, you know, breakfast yeah. buffets and things yeah. like that.
0: Could it be that maybe? You wanted to care for people, like you wanted to maybe give an a u- give a unique experience to your guests by owning a hotel.
1: There must be some of that there, yeah. It you know even today, I mean, how I can see it drawing to the whole hotel experience is like I always talk about how branding is is that whole brand experience. You know how someone feels. It's it's all about emotions yeah, yeah. because that is really powerful in branding. Mm-hmm. I think that that's probably drawn back to drawing back to the whole thing with the hotel experience you want someone to feel pampered and feel like yeah. they're looked after maybe I felt that like I never had that experience and so to be able to give that experience goes to somebody, back to
0: being different and, you know, and being being unique, different, yes. you know you're
1: creating something which takes someone out of you know what it might even be a way of like an escape yeah, because I was in this. You know, my parents were on the verge of divorce. I was probably. I mean, I I was quite. To be honest, I'm a very happy-go-lucky person growing up. I'm like, I look so nonchalant about everything, but actually, maybe deep down, I'm like hiding something. You yeah, know yeah. Maybe that's the the sense of wanting that happiness, that joy, a happy family. And and so and so, it's like providing the hotel experience means yeah. maybe families can come together.
0: Uh, and spend time together i mean this
1: is me kind of like thinking back now maybe there is that i've never really dived that deep into that part of my life even when i've done like therapy sessions (laughs) i don't think i've touched on this part but you know you have a point there so maybe there's that you know because i didn't have that because my my parents going through a divorce um, didn't get those holidays. Holidays when you spend time with parents, where you get this whole experience where you're for a moment you're feeling like you're escaping, <laughs> like yeah. it's an escape. You're, yeah. you're feeling a certain emotion. Yeah. It might just be me wanting to re-conjure mm-hmm. and recapture that experience for somebody.
0: You talk a lot about your mum. I mean, obviously now I can understand like you know why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Now let me just ask you a side question. Mm-hmm. Obviously, your name is Maylene, but you're wearing hijab now. Yes. You know, how <laughs> does that work? Like, you know, were you born a Muslim, or did you? Yeah, so I take embraced Islam? Islam.
1: Yeah, I embraced Islam at twenty-one. Um. So, so basically, well, first, first of all, um, I think this was when I was maybe nineteen years old. Or 18 years old, I was dating a Muslim boy in Singapore. I know it's not, her, I know it's not halal. <laughs> at that time, it's like you know, he wasn't very religious, but I remember. So I was dating this Muslim boy, and um, his mom one day suggested to me like, "Oh, why don't you go to the convert association to learn about Islam?" So I was like, "Okay." I mean, at that time. I had tried fasting just just for fun, you know. And was
0: it after meeting the Muslim boy oh, no, no, or a, yeah. before?
1: So this was during. So during okay. during we dated for about three years. Okay, mm-hmm. three or four years. So du- this, during this time, his his mom, um, I, and we get along quite well. She she suggested I go to the Muslim Convert Association in Singapore, and and so I did. I went and learned about Islam, um, and then I think what it was was one day i was i thought you know well let's, let's try to pray and as i put my head down and on the um, on the prayer mat i was like you know there's this whole feeling of peace just washed over me wow and i was like okay i cannot not i cannot live another day without allah without accepting allah as my god like I can't live in a day without Allah in my life. Like this, this is it. Wow.
0: That is, wow.
1: So, so yeah. So, so then, um, but I was 20 then. I was like, okay, I know my, my parents are probably going to freak out, especially my mom. Hmm. I was like, let's wait till I'm 21, which wasn't that far away. Wait till I'm 21. I'm going to embrace Islam because I'm an adult, so-called. And yeah. I can then, you know, do whatever I want in a way um so yeah i waited till i was 21 and then i embraced islam i wasn't dating the muslim boy anymore by that time and i've also always said to myself if i were to embrace islam i want to do it because i want to do it not because of someone else
0: yeah wow. so
1: so yeah so i did it and it's a
0: huge uh, i suppose it's a huge decision even at 21 and uh, i suppose
1: it is isn't it <laughs>
0: Yeah, now that I guess you look back, you know, I guess in Singapore, maybe. So what was your parents' uh, religion? What were they so, kind of so practicing? So they w- they were Buddhists. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, they were. Yeah, they, not they were. They are Buddhist. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite, would you say quite religious? Yeah. Like I, re- I, I have, I had this Goddess of Mercy altar mm-hmm. in my house. So my mom, my mom prays every day and yeah so they were religious um yeah so she obviously she freaked out
0: (laughs) so how did you kind of relay the The news news that i've converted
1: so 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 i didn't say anything yet but um after i converted obviously i was praying right and usually i'll lock the door of my study my bedroom study room uh and then one day i just thought you know what I think if I'm going to leave the door unlocked, mm. if they find out, they find out it's time for them to find out Then you know, I'll, li- I'll leave it to, <laughs> you know what I'm Like I'll leave it to Allah. You know, yeah. if it's time for them to find out, they'll walk yeah. in, they find yeah. out. Yeah. And that very day she Lick. walked in while I was praying. And then she was like, Oh my God, what are you doing? And, and then she, she was like, Oh, did that Muslim boys family curse you? <laughs> like, wow. the, like she t- you know, because she, 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 I don't know. I don't know whether it was that moment or another day before where she had threatened to jump out the window of our sixth floor flat if I converted or if, or something like this. Wow, so, that was so And obviously, Amdala, um, she didn't. Uh, so, yeah, she, she was like, she was obviously really upset. And I was trying to tell her, look, I'm no different. It's just that my belief is different, right? I'm still the same person. If anything, I think this will make me a better person. Um, but... She she called a friend who's a fortune teller at the temple that she goes to. And then obviously was, you know, just ranting and everything. But Alhamdulillah, the funny thing was the next day, she I, I remember going to her bedroom, I was getting my stuff, and she was like, um, okay, so what's halal for you to eat and what's not halal? <laughs> I was like, Alhamdulillah. You know, she like... I think I think I was I don't know what the guy told her I don't know what her friend told her but I reckon he he must have said he must have said to her oh you know just just close one eye this is for maybe you know just two years and, yeah and temporary she'll, she'll, and it's yeah. temporary she 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 will not be a Muslim in two years time and maybe because he's a fortune teller yeah she probably believed him and thought oh okay you know what this is this is just temporary yeah so so she was fine with it so then you know I have to say. I have to say, like, I a huge respect to my mom, because I remember that very year, we went on a cruise, um, like on this luxury cruise, mm-hmm. just the two of us, and I wore hijab throughout, and she didn't bat an eyelid. Like she would sit at a table with like eight other Chinese women and wouldn't even, like she, I I can imagine it must be hard for her. Like people must be wondering, like, why is this Chinese girl wearing hijab? And yeah. like, what is she doing yeah. here? and and she just you know she just took it in her stride so i have to i have to say like yeah that's why i have respect for my mom because it must have been hard for her
0: mhm well wow. now obviously from what it looks like she was probably the, the the i guess in your in your kind of life the inspiration and the leader mm. that kind of i suppose developed you i'm not going to go too much into your father's <laughs> side um now as a person or in, in, the, in a classroom setting, what were you like? Were you like a, more <laughs> of a leader or were you kind Ooh. of in between or were you a follower? Oh,
1: good question. I was... I wouldn't say I'm a leader. I'm like... I, I, I've actually thought about this question before. I think I'm the leader who steps in if no one else wants to be a leader. Okay. I think I secretly want to be a leader, but, you know, I don't... Either... I'm not sure if I don't have the confidence or I like, I like to let other people... You know, kind of shine and take the lead, and I like to be the one that's like I, I'm. I think I'm happier being like the advisor to the leader mm-hmm. or having that kind of an influence or inspiration. But yeah, I don't think I had. I don't think I had the guts to be the leader. Leader, I only step in if I have to. But nice. I don't like to be. I don't think I like to be the follower follower
0: either so I guess you're in between, like in in between. A, yeah and you the, kind of like in a, uh, assess the situation and you know yeah, you kind of yeah that's that's quite a nice I guess uh, position to be in because you're not really kind of always wanting to lead because sometimes it's nice to also just follow you know yeah. let other people kind of uh, do the effort and you just follow the lead yeah Um. now I want to talk about your first ever job like I'm sure you went through school university and all of that stuff <laughs> what was your first job like and how did you get in
1: the first job, is this like, um, my first job was a disaster. Why? Is this like during school or, or like after, you I after supp- graduating? No, it
0: doesn't even have to be your pro- professional job. It could be any form of job that you kind of took on. And, and how did it all turn out?
1: Okay, I'll tell you. My first job was a disaster because it was an admin job. I was super bored and I got fired because I wasn't turning up and wasn't calling in. So I was a bit irresponsible and or and maybe rebellious I don't know what it is but <laughs> it, it was like there was other more exciting things happening in my life then. Mm. but you know what I think that gave me a wake-up call it was short-lived and it was my very very first kind of insight into the working world but I think that woke me up and made me realize look you got to be responsible and and you know I think I think that even though I don't like to talk about that job because obviously I got fired. Yeah.
0: That
1: that that really yeah, I think that was a lesson for me. And then after that, I think I became a lot more kind of conscientious and and just knowing like knowing like what my how do I put it? I think I also started looking for jobs where I actually enjoy, mm-hmm. and I started looking for jobs. And what where I was those?
0: Value. What were those jobs that you were looking on the side that you were kind of enjoying? Enjoying, I guess, looking looking into. What you were know, those jobs?
1: I think when okay, so so the next job I got was actually at Starbucks, and that was like one of the. This was in school still, so I wasn't okay. out. Of, I I wasn't out of school yet. This was in Starbucks. Starbucks just came to Singapore. Okay. And that was my. That was one of my first jobs, but I think it was also a job that gave me a lot of insight into branding and gave me a lot of insight into interactions with people. And it taught me a lot. I'd never realized until recently when I did, I did a post. What actually. would be
0: a couple of takeaways that you took away from, from say, Starbucks, working in Starbucks okay. that you kind of still appreciate till today?
1: So, so a couple of them, right? So I, I remember the, the first day of training, we had Hubbard the CEO Dan of Starbucks coming to train us.
0: Oh wow! And, like you actually met the. I met the CEO. Wow. Dan CEO. Amazing. Yeah, that so was
1: amazing. I was like, oh my goodness, in Singapore. But I think one of the things that really made an impression on me was he he said to us, "Look, you're not an employee, you're a partner at Starbucks," and and you know I think that made us feel like we have value to add to the company. So that that was a little bit of a shift for me, but also we get five free drinks and and it's like obviously you think like, oh my goodness i can get all the frappuccinos i want wow but man. at the same time what it was was like i mean after a time you, you've you probably had enough of frappuccinos and coffee yeah. i was putting on weight because i was drinking so much crap not it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was drinking so much like sweet stuff right but we were giving it to other people and that made the customer experience better for other people and you know in starbucks you know we address people by their mm. names we take their names down put that on the cups and, and, you know, it's always about them and making that experience wonderful for them, giving them a free drink. Obviously, they will remember you, right? Mm-hmm. They remember the wonderful experience they had at Starbucks. They keep coming back. But that taught me about the whole customer experience. Um, and, and, yeah, and then what else was it? Also, just um, with the training, obviously, it taught you, like, how you should be communicating with people, your customers, your, um, your colleagues. And and like what makes up the whole Starbucks experience, what the values of the company are, and that makes sure that there's consistency, not in just one Starbucks, all the Starbucks. So we could be working in this branch or the other branch. You know exactly what is expected of you. Amazing. And and so that whole consistency from branch to branch. So I think for me that that already gave me gave me the insight. And I didn't realize until recently as <laughs> so well, wow. like, oh actually, this this really um taught me lots about branding and the importance of what it is to be consistent and to to share the values and build that culture within the company itself
0: well now take me back take take fast forward me to your most recent proper i guess c-level c-suite job and how did you kind of what did that journey look like from starbucks until your recent job and then ultimately to your own business
1: Okay, so then obviously I I graduated and my first job was at that branding studio in Singapore. Um, and I just remember, you know, because I said I really love packaging, right? I remember we used to be looking at all these books of, with like all these wonderful works from top award-winning agencies like Turner Duckworth and Design Bridge and then they were in San Francisco or in, in London. So for me, there was like that dream to want to work in these agencies to be like that, you know, world class designer um, and, and just to be in that kind of creative environment. But also, like, like I said, I love traveling. So I wanted to travel around the world. And one of the dreams I had actually was to be able to travel around the world, to visit all the different masjids mm. around the world. Um, so, so there was that desire. So I think when the opportunity came where I could actually leave the country, <laughs> I wanted to get out. Um, so I met I met my now husband. Dr. Chan, Dr. Chan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and so I was like, okay, maybe this is the chance for me to you know, this is the chance for me to, to explore, you know, new horizons. So he's in London, Turner Duckworth and design bridge in London. All right, so I booked a one-way flight to London, had to slowly get my parents um, to accept that I'm going to be going. Um, so I started Not with... only
0: did you revert or convert, now you're going as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, my mum met Dr. Chen. And, yeah. and I don't know. I don't know what it is, but she really trusted him. Okay. So I was like, okay. So, so then, you know, I, I left, first of all, for two months. It became two years and then it became like 14 years, 15 years. But basically what happened was that I came to London. I didn't have a job. I actually got myself a job at AIG doing admin work. Nothing to do what, insurance with Insurance? Yes. Or, yeah. I was just looking, filing papers. Because in, it, while I was looking, while I was um, going for interview after interview, it was really hard for me to get into the design industry. Why here. were they
0: not taking you? I mean, why, wh- what was the reason? Did anyone of them ever give you feedback or, or, or did you even ask I for I don't feedback? think
1: they ever really tell you the okay. truth. Okay, okay. Like, be like, yeah, yeah, you know. What new, do you but... think
0: it could have been?
1: I don't know. <laughs> Let me see. What could it be? I think because I was because when when I left I was a junior designer. I don't know whether it had anything to do with my qualifications or maybe because I was coming from Singapore. I was yeah. overseas. These are all global brands. Yeah. Maybe they wanted somebody who would already be able to get stuck in and and do the work and create something that would allow um how to put it? Where you know like the, someone who understands the market, understands hit the adapt and everything. Keep the, quite hit a hit a the fast, ground running yeah. pretty much. Um yeah, but Alhamdulillah, you know, in a, after a year I did get an interview at this global agency and the the design director who interviewed me and he's he's amazing he's such a clever man and like so creative. what agency is it this you is PI Global okay PI Global PI Global this is Notting Hill so love that area yeah um but basically he interviewed me and then they were actually looking for interns or someone to yeah they were looking for interns or someone to just do a very temporary kind of placement but he he actually offered me the job instead he's like I, I think you have a lot of potential so alhamdulillah i think that that was that was that was almost like my my how to put my line yeah yeah. the break into the industry um and and from there it just you know it it just kept growing so i spent seven years at pi global and they they were amazing they they i think they really groomed me to help me become where i am today
0: what sort of like things did did the director i guess personally kind of teach you or contribute towards your development in that first job in London? I in it was London. more
1: like, I mean, because, you, you know, we would be like doing concepts, showing concepts and he would be directing like, oh, do it this, like you can do it this way. What about you think of it this way? But for me, what I learned most was actually through watching him, watching how he turned ideas into, how he turned vision into life, how he did it with so much flair and and just wit and that was very inspiring for me to watch so for me it was more like it wasn't as important what he was telling me to do it was more like watching how he did it wow. and and so like every i remember for a very long time every time i was doing the design i was like what would what would david do how would he do it and i would try and emulate that mm-hmm. so a lot of it was through that and then and then obviously as i got to a more senior level you know, I was going to, I was going um, on trips to like China, um, to Denmark, etc., uh, India, and and meeting a client. And then I was working alongside brand strategists and seeing how how they were approaching problems, how they were they thinking of the brand, and and I think it was all that immersion, that experience. And you know, I I, I stayed with um, I stayed with like a brand strategist who was, um, yeah, I stayed with a brand strategist in Mumbai. So she was based in Mumbai because I helped to open up an agent the, the office there. But I stayed with her. So it's like really like learning from people that I was meeting. And I was hanging out with the, the Unilever client that like we were just going out and... And almost like friends so wow. so it was like learning a lot of things
0: was your education kind of linked to to what you were doing in reality yeah in it was terms linked. of work
1: it, it yeah it's, it's linked so when i was in school i started i studied visual communication um but that was a diploma and because again i didn't have my, my parents didn't have the money to send me to okay. like you know design school de- to get a degree overseas etc uh so it was a diploma but i've, I've always believed that the best education you get is from learning on the job yeah and i think that's what i did i think that's what i got as well was learning on the job
0: hey guys i hope you are enjoying the show if you have been enjoying the show today please don't forget to hit subscribe like and comment now let's get back into the show what was your last job like you know before you kind of decided okay that's me like kind of enough for me in terms (laughs) of working for i guess a particular establishment now it's time to you know do my own
1: i don't think it ever was like oh that's it it was it's kind of like "Mm, how do i put it
0: circumstances yeah it's
1: because of circumstances yeah precisely because i had my kids and it was like what could i do what can i how can i balance it um the last the last place i worked at was um this this agency called wonderworks which is like experiential marketing that was like something that was a bit out of my comfort zone initially, but I, I what learned What does a lot.
0: Experiment, exper- experiential. experiential marketing mean? <laughs> so,
1: so basically, you know, they, they work with brands. Um, like we still do design and stuff, but they they hold, they create events and activations where, for example, I mean, this was actually a lot with, um, like, for example, you know, they worked with this brand called Corvettier. I don't even know if i say it correctly but you know like they, they work with drinks drinks brands and um so yeah then it was like they were creating this event mm-hmm. and like how do you bring in the the um the brand how do you create that brand experience So a lot about experience again so like they were creating this event like bringing in the flowers because there was a lot about um creating this i can't even remember what it was now because I, I came in in the middle of the project but there were I remember creating flowers, bringing all the design elements, um, and and all the kind of you know keywords or values that was linked to the brand. How do you translate that into mm-hmm. this event where people walk in and they get the whole Caviar experience? And and I think you know to your point, it actually feels a little <laughs> bit like the whole hotel experience. Yeah, thing so as I well. guess everything is kind of everything intertwined, kind of with, intertwined your with your and, with yeah. each other, so, yeah. Now,
0: talk to me. Tell me, like obviously a lot of people like. They want to get in business. That that it's quite fashionable these days to be in business, but obviously it's not as it's not as rosy as it looks on the yeah, other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what does branding mean anyway? Like everyone thinks, let's make a brand, let's make a logo, and we're good to go. Yeah. What does it all mean? Like you know, from your perspective, what so is branding?
1: I think I mean I think Jeff Bezos said it the best. Um. So I'm going to just re repeat it. But basically, branding is what people think and feel about you it's what they say about you when you're not in the room right so it's it's that image that perception of of your business as a brand and and for me what branding does is it has the power to create you to create this experience which leads to what they are going to think and feel yeah. and say about your brand and you know because it's people 95% of our purchase decisions are made subconsciously so that so what it is is people are buying based on how they feel about your brand what they perceive of your brand so you're trying to own a certain emotion with with your brand so when people see it they like your your current customers or clients they feel a sense of belonging and they yeah they feel a sense of belonging with the brand and they want to rave about it to everybody so else so break
0: it down for me like so i don't know let's talk about a brand that yeah, your favorite g- brand and maybe give us kind of um a breakdown of how they set it up or why does it how they achieve what they achieve in terms of from a branding point of view
1: okay so maybe let's go with a brand maybe everyone knows um like innocent okay. Innocent juices yep. drinks right so you know it's it's fun it's obviously goes to the name innocent it's it's a little bit quirky and it's just very pure and -hmm. and joyful. And, you know, it's everything from the logo to the language they use. Like they they call the office the banana towers, right? And then um, when we talk about the whole experience, like the packaging, I mean, the packaging is simple, but then, you know, when it comes to, um, let's say, what was it? They had this thing called the big knit or something, you know, like, this is where I talk about activation, mm-hmm. experiential yeah. campaigns and things. They have all these knitted hats for their for their bottles, um, and it's all adding to a course. And and even like say when they have their um, what do you call that when they have the these festivals, you see this big cow and you see this van with grass all over it, um, and it's just the whole visual language. The the everything seen and unseen, the the kind of graphics they use, the, the tongue-in-cheek way they talk to their customers, all of that leads to this whole brand perception of who they are.
0: So now my question to you is, mm-hmm. let's say, let's talk about Apple. I think everyone knows okay, Apple sure. quite well. How much of a logo, I mean, in terms of percentage, imagine a brand is 100%, how much percentage is a logo of the branding? Like, how much impact does it have? Ooh, from I, an identity point of view. And what's the rest of it?
1: You know what? I'm thinking ten percent. maybe some people might disagree with me. Ten percent so It's the logo is the
0: visual appearance the or, logo. or the logo. Yeah, the
1: logo, the logo. But actually so it's just the logo itself because what it is, it the logo I always see it as something that's gonna remind you of everything else that you build around the logo. So obviously the logo has got to look good, right? It's yeah. got to be simple and iconic to set you apart from others. But a lot of people get so transfixed about the logo and trying to cram all the messaging into a logo. What it is, is you have to build the other 90% or maybe it's 80 or 70%. And, and, and what, then what the logo does is it remind you of this other things, the whole experience of your, your perception of the brand. It's. Um, that is actually more important. Your messaging, your, you know, the whole visual identity. Is it distinctive enough? Does it compel your customers, your your dream customers or clients to want to work with you, to trust you? All that is, you know, all that's more important and the logo just reminds you of that. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, so it's like going to a hotel and you see the logo on the tower of the hotel then you kind of remind yourself everything that logo does or everything say Hilton for example you kind of straight away kind of capture like okay this is what Hilton stands for high I'm quality so standards consistency you know quality of service so yes I get that now to achieve that is there like a framework that these mega brands use or is it just random like they just create something <laughs> like you know I want to project this emotion and you know let's go and let's make some tv ads or or is there a certain formula to kind of follow
1: well I mean you would find that different people probably have like different formulas but what I like to say is first of all it's, it's just clarity of why you're even in business and what are you trying to what are you trying to say what you're trying to say how you how are you different I think that's the first thing to establish is how are you different to everyone else what's the problem you're solving for people and how are their lives going to be transformed you know, by buying from you, working with you, and then it's capturing that, and and also what's important is knowing who you're trying to help and really understanding what do they want, and sometimes they might not know what they want as well. But you know what you know what the problem is, what their goals are, their dreams, their fears, their needs are, and you're providing a solution to give them that. And
0: um, how do you come to who? Because that's that's a very I guess. It can be quite a tedious task, isn't it? Like, to who, like who? Yeah, who how do, do you know, like who you are serving? Like, how do I know who I'm serving? But I think
1: that's that's why it's important to know your why first of all, isn't it? Yeah. And and also, what I like to say is usually usually you're in business because you're trying to solve a problem for yourself. So actually, and this is not for me, but your best position to serve an earlier version of yourself. Your best position is to help somebody. is in the shoes you were in because now you've overcome that and usually i see that that is your ideal customers because you're so familiar with what you've gone through you know exactly how to solve the problem and you can help them with the same problem faster better probably um and and that's what i do like you know look into like okay so what do they want and how can i help them and and you know they might have slightly different there might be some kind of differences in their personalities maybe or um yeah they they might be a little bit different to who you are or mm-hmm. who you were but there is going to be always that similar goal that similar dream or desire or like frustrations and and so it's really having a good understanding of what that is so that you can talk to them in in the way that they can in the way that they are most receptive if that makes sense
0: so we found why who, who, and what else?
1: What, uh, so what is it that you're offering? So knowing what your offering is, right? So it's knowing what the, how does your product or service help them? How is it different to what other people are offering? Like what is going to give them, what's going to make them choose you over somebody else? And, and sometimes, you know, it might be very similar offerings to other people, but it's how you talk about it. It's your, it's your, the messaging um or yeah it's the messaging the way you say it that they can relate to that might make them to choose you over somebody else cuz i have clients who i'm like okay you know i'm not available but these people can help you and they will be like no i think I've, i feel like our values align more yeah so then they would actually rather wait for me to work with me than to go to somebody else.
0: Is that something that came comes naturally from you as a person, or is that something that you kind of sat down and thought about it a lot, <laughs> and you kind of on purpose communicate a certain signals to say the world?
1: I think it's some of it is innate. Okay. And like I said, that's why I'm I'm thinking st- my own lived experience, like with Starbucks, having gone to design school, everything. I think it's all come out through that. Like even. When I was having puppetry, you know, the Islamic kids lifestyle brand to inspire faith in little ones, I was building a brand, but I didn't, I didn't consciously do it. It was just from what I had learned and and from my experience as, you know, a brand designer, I had created a brand that people love that I could sell. So it, I think it it's it's because of what I've done in my past. And and my childhood probably as well that has caused that's mm. helped me to create something, but that said, you know it can be learned. You know you you can you can find out what that framework is. Like back to your question, it's the why, the the who, the what, and then I think it's the the how, isn't it? How are you, how are you going to create this brand experience that that conjures up this emotions because emotion is such a powerful tool. People talk about being consistent, consistent, showing up consistently, mm-hmm. but even more powerful than that is what is the emotions that you can own that when someone feels that emotion immediately, they link it to you. So for example, like with Zumba, um, their founder, um, is it Jer- Jeffrey Polman, Jeffrey Polman with Zumba, it's about owning this feeling co- that he calls freeing electric joy. So when someone's like in the moment dancing to Zumba, that's what they feel. And that is what they are, um, like what can be associated with them. Mm-hmm. And that's when you become an unstoppable brand.
0: So people like Apple, are they yes. doing this on purpose or are they just successful because they just created amazing products or Starbucks, I mean, for example? You know what?
1: They're, 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 no, it would it, I mean, like, there is intention behind the brand, right? They, they have the, the teams and the marketing people and the branding people and the business people behind it. They, have, they, have, they would obviously have, like, that framework that they're working to. Um, but, you know, like, Steve Jobs is such a creative genius as well. Yeah. So there are things that he's probably doing from his own experience, and that is pretty genius, right? So, um, like, the whole... I think what is so successful about about apple is that you know they they are all about think different and i think what it is about them is they took a frustration and turned it into uh, a solution like you know with i think at that time it was like microsoft wasn't it and you know you always get this Viruses and I don't, yeah. I. don't know how your experience with, yeah. with like Windows and all that and Microsoft. Is, well, but since
0: I've discovered Apple, I, yes. I don't think I would ever go back to yeah. any any non Apple um, devices or yeah. computers.
1: And then and then as a creative myself, when you when you give me all this tech, I'm like, oh god, this just goes over my head, right? But like sometimes you feel stupid because like why can't I do this? And what Apple does is it gives you something where you can be creative and create and and be a genius and and that you know, that is giving you a solution in a way, mm. but it also opens up so many possibilities um, for for someone like me. And, and they are, like I think that's why, I, I don't even remember those ads where they had like a, a PC person and a Mac person. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And it's just taking, it's, it becomes, with Apple, it becomes an experience again. Right? Why is the
0: emotion that they are trying to portray Oh, what do you think it is? Or say you could you could choose Starbucks because you've worked in Starbucks. You know, Starbucks what was that emotion was, that they're okay. trying to portray? So
1: Starbucks was joy. It was community. They call it the third space. That is third for, space, so Because yeah, you okay. have your home, you got your work or school, and this is a place like Meet Me at Starbucks. That's why they ran a whole campaign like Meet Me at Starbucks, because that's the third space to hang out at. Yeah. And this is where you get the connection and the joy and because it's not just about the coffee. This is a space where people can actually hang out, right? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it, it's that. Like you have. Oh well, I I was like a diehard Starbucks fan. I mean, not so much nowadays since I came to Europe because <laughs> I'm more for like European coffees and things. But um, yeah, it's 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 it's. I would still go to Starbucks for the experience.
0: Um, if that so. Let's say, like, now I want to create a brand. Now, say, Kazi is a brand. <laughs> what are the steps? What are the steps that I'm taking forward until, like, I you consider me to be a now brand? What are the things I would be doing? To normally, become- normally people would think, create a logo, create a tagline, and you know that's it. Bob's your uncle. You're you're good to go.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so what it is is like so your own brand, yeah.
0: Yeah. Say Kazi is a brand.
1: So then I want to like I will say go through that that. Four, the four w's okay the who sorry the why the who the what the how and like what is it and i think for me the most exciting part is getting to the last bit it's like what's the emotions you want to you want to own what what are the two words that you want to own what does kazi stand for yeah and and like what are the words you want to own Like i mean with aviation like i know with like is it freeness yeah, freeness freeness, yeah you yeah. know it what, what was different about it was it was it was halal, right like yeah. it, was great, it was like very specific to Muslim market yeah. It was halal, but also it's like luxury because yeah. it is a private it's a private yeah. um, jet and maybe there's something to do with private so you know it's like it's like finding out what are the words that you can own, own be known for um, just like um, I'm trying to think of an example like I was speaking to eat party yesterday and I was like, you know what? With your like Ramadan and it's now synonymous with your brand. Not just because your brand name is Eat Party, but literally like you know, it because they've done it so well and 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 not just that they've built a whole community mm-hmm. around it and they're supporting other small businesses as well. It there's that joy and community and home. She's kind of basically owned the words Eat Party and Ramadan. And, and that's what you want to do to be a successful brand.
0: Amazing. So now, to just to summarize, so you need to know why you do what you do. Yep. Um, who, you're, who you're Who you're doing serving, it for. Yeah? Precisely. Um, what is it that you're doing. Yeah. And, and how it's going to transform and, their lives. And how it's going to transform mm-hmm. their life, not your life.
1: Their life, yeah. But obviously, you want to transform your life. I mean, you're doing it also like...
0: Ultimately, <laughs> to kind of get some reward yeah, or benefit from right? it. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So now I've got some, um, I guess questions that I kind of ask every guest, you know, just to kind of get a deep understanding of, of, of their personality. So, okay. um, you mentioned you're Singaporean, um, mm-hmm. in terms of dishes, do you like <laughs> Singaporean or do you like, um, I don't know, like, you know, British food?
1: Singaporean,
0: Singaporean. Okay, I've never tried um, Singaporean. Like, what is? Uh, give me an example of what 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 yeah, it could th- taste like. Okay,
1: I think a Singaporean is such a, a melting pot, right? Of cultures. Mm-hmm. You've got like Chinese, Malays, Indians, and then nowadays you have like Filipino and Korean and everything. Um, but for me, when I think Singapore, I think of satay, <laughs> which is actually a Malaysian dish. I nice. think of chicken rice, which is like a Hainanese Hainanese. Um, chinese dish um and like laksa which is this like spicy broth like amazing so there's more flavor to it there's more depth to 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 the taste and i think what it is now it reminds me of home i think that's what it is yeah so
0: in terms of um where do you like living singapore or 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 the uk i know obviously your husband is here and you've kind of built your family here but in terms of choice if you were given the choice you either for the rest of your life you either live here or singapore
1: you know what i I've, I've always dreamed of living in bali okay so no you know na- none of those neither <laughs> of these um, i think uh, singapore if i had to choose singapore because i can go to bali easily from there
0: okay so <laughs> exploration um as the awaytroz Sorry? Asda or Waitrose?
1: Waitrose. <laughs> <Is> the <it> bad. <laughs> uh,
0: no, that's good. I guess you appreciate, you know, the finer things in I will life. Walk, and...
1: I will walk into Waitrose just to look at the packaging. Okay. So, yes, so there's a
0: purpose. Android or Apple? Apple. Apple. <laughs> <laughs> um, any messages for the Android users? For the what? Android users. Come to Apple. <laughs> um, what's your biggest fear?
1: Biggest fear. Oh, biggest fear. How do I put it? It's like so many. I think it's 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 leaving this world, not having done enough for my children, mm. to get them set up for life and for the afterlife. Wow, that's my biggest fear. That's
0: that's uh, that's amazing. Um, worst thing about I guess your your current job and your business name is uh, Studi- Studio Nuranisa. S- yeah, S- Nuranisa Studio Nuranisa. So if anyone is ever looking for Everything that we've spoken about in terms of um, developing a brand—it's um, not just 10 per, uh, It's not the, just the logo. It's not just the logo. There's, there's more to it. Obviously, Definitely. you know where to find um, uh, Maylene, um, Studio Noor, Anissa. Mm-hmm. So, what's the hardest thing about your job?
1: The hardest thing is being able to serve everyone, to, to serve the people who to to serve everyone who needs the help. Because mm. I'm I'm one per, well I'm one person right.
0: Um, favorite quote that inspires you all the time
1: oh favorite quote kind of lost it at the moment because it's it changes every time it could be any like, you know, it changes every time okay, okay. The, the one the one that actually has been inspiring me um, recently is you don't have to see the top of the stairs to take that first step
0: nice what annoys you or irritates you the most (laughs) it could be anything it could be even at home it could be you know at work you know why is it that one thing that you just can't stand and it irritates you
1: i think it's uh oh it's um it's people copying
0: yeah that's quite that's quite annoying i try
1: not to be i try not to be I'm, i'm a bit milder now but it used to really annoy me.
0: What's your biggest weakness? My biggest weakness. Don't worry, this is not a I job interview. I have sweet tooth. Okay, but I think you've kind of um, kept it quite under control, your sweet tooth. Not always, though.
1: Not always. Not always. <laughs> always. You don't see the moments when I have like just succumbed to the temptation.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's your weakness. That's yeah. this is the first time I'm actually hearing from a guest um, that is very direct and you know straightforward. <laughs> um, now, there are loads of people that might be wanting to develop a brand and maybe mm-hmm. they're not ready to kind of, you know, speak to someone like yourself. Are there any books that you can recommend for oh, them yes. to book, read yes, yes, before yes, yes, they yes. even get in touch with someone definitely, like yourself?
1: Definitely. A, b- a book that I love and actually an author I love is Donald Miller. So I would, if you're having a, if you're starting out building your business or even if you're just still in business or building a brand, build a story brand is Great, great resource. I would say get an audible, listen to it, you know, on the school runs or like, you know, when you're on a train or whatever. Yeah, so build a story brand. But his new book, which is about building a business, and he compares it to like running an aircraft. So you probably would run. Whoa, I
0: need to, I need to definitely look into this.
1: That is really, that is really good. So I would say his two books are are amazing to start off with.
0: Definitely. Now, about these authors, like. is there a right or wrong like you know when they write something obviously they do a ton of research Mm. how do you know like what they're saying is the right thing
1: you have to sometimes you just have to try it right yeah to know i mean everyone would have their opinions everyone has (laughs) maybe a little twist on something that's been said before Mm -hmm. but i would say until you try it for yourself you will know like i think you can read it and if it resonates with you, then great, because then you would do it. And then you just have to do it to know whether this is for you or you might come up with your own way to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because, you know, the whole, the whole world is changing so quickly. The consumer market is changing so it's quickly. What someone said two so years fast. ago is probably not relevant today. Yeah. And, and so, you, you know, it's, it's your, I think it's your responsibility to find out what works for you yeah. and what's good for you and you know like what some other people say like you know there was this whole bro marketing that i don't agree with that was something that was quite common before like the whole you know the whole kind of like digging into the pain points and forcing or forcing someone to buy that's that's like not it's just against my own value but there's you know there can be a better way and sometimes other people to find Mm -hmm. that better way
0: has money made you a better person I mean, now you are quite successful. You know, you've done amazing jobs and you live quite comfortably. So has it made you a better person? Yes. Nice. Yes. And um, can I just add something? Sure, Because go it's ahead.
1: what you do with money. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay.
0: <laughs> Why do you do what you do ultimately? What is your purpose?
1: Okay. So again, it's all about my children. For me, the big dream is to be able to uplift the Ummah a brand at a time, so that, you know, one day, like our future generations, they can step out being visibly Muslim, feeling that strong sense of belonging and pride of Mm -hmm. being Muslim, and are inspired to continue to, you know, uh, make positive change for, for the community.
0: Why do you think it's important to kind of focus on Muslim brands? I mean why is it close to your heart? Because every time I look at your contents or your kind of um, produces, it's always to do with halal branding or Muslim branding. Why is that so important to you?
1: You know how I said like you're like best positioned to serve an earlier version of yourself, right? I mean for me, just being Muslim, something I'm familiar with, but also, you know, I feel like there's so much potential. I've, I've met so many Amazing Muslim businesses, but they don't necessarily know about branding, and and I would love to see our own kind of you know Muslim brands being up there, playing big, uh, and and so I think it's that desire to you know uplift the Ummah because I know that's going to inspire my kids in the future.
0: So ultimately, you're what you're saying is brand development or story brand definitely returns, I guess, there's big ROI in it when you kind of do it the proper way. Yeah, definitely. So it's not just kind of an exercise where you build a brand and you just kind of park it up on your shelf and that's it.
1: No, no, because precisely, because like brands have the power to change perceptions. Brands have the power to move someone, to do something, you know, to believe in something, believe in themselves. And so for me, branding is what I'm familiar with, right? Amazing, amazing. And I,
0: I totally agree with you in terms of, you know, how much... Um, value a, a story or, or a proper brand um, can bring to your bottom line. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of people who are just purely numbers driven. Maybe, yeah, in tech, it might work, but uh, when it's an experienced brand, yeah. like Perfume, for example, yeah. you, know, you have <laughs> to just not be driven by completely numbers. Definitely. Um, I know you're a mom, mom of two. Yeah. So, how do you kind of balance it all? Like, so you've mm-hmm. got your business, you've got your mum job. Yes. The wife job. (laughs) The wife job. How do you all kind of, how do you balance it all out?
1: Oh, you know what? Constant struggle. It's not, I wouldn't say I have like a formula or anything. I don't. But I see it as like going with the flow. And I think recently what I've come to kind of realise is like, not trying to multitask, but you know, when it's time to do my work, I do my work. I stay focused. When it's time to be mum, I stay focused, you know, be present, like no... It's hard to, but, you know, try not to be on the phone and trying to talk to clients while I'm, like, trying to feed, not feed, but, like, you know, trying to be with my kids. So I'm like, okay, if if it has come to the time where it is time to be with my kids now, let's just close the laptop, close, put the iPhone Amazing. away. That
0: does require a lot of self-discipline. and, and you know. It
1: does, but then I will think I don't want to, you know, when they grow up, having lost that moment. So Absolutely, you can't rewind back. Go back yeah.
0: Do you have a... Physical routine or like a health routine that you kind of follow just to kind of keep yourself, you know,
1: yeah, a, I, a, a um, fit? So, so I'm signed up to less meals on demand. Okay. Um, I found that going to the gym takes up too much of my time, so I do it at home. Okay. Again, needs a bit of discipline, but I've got like my body pump set at home and everything. So I, I just fix the time in the mornings to do that, and I do it 20 minutes, I'm done.
0: So... I guess um, we're almost kind of done with our Q and (laughs) A's. What would you say to other busy moms, you know, or other busy wives, you know, who who are out there and, you know, maybe they're kind of, I don't know, maybe they're playing themselves down or, or, you know, what is your message to those sisters?
1: You're amazing. You're worthy. And, you know, I think just the just the job of bring you know bring kids to the world <laughs> and bring them up is a huge challenge or a huge job in itself if you can do that you can do anything and 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 I also say like you know do not be afraid to ask for help cuz no one can do everything by themselves I mean you can but then you know you might burn out right so it takes a village to raise children, and there are
0: some people who might think being a mom and being a wife is is not really kind of is is kind of counterproductive to what they're doing. You know, what's your view on that?
1: What do you mean by counterproductive? Like
0: like, like. be so maybe uh, it's, it's it's on the way of career or maybe okay, stopping them from doing certain things. Yeah, you know, uh, do you think they can still do everything like like I guess you're doing and and still?
1: You know, I think like the I think the the, the world's kind of changed now, really, mm-hmm. isn't it? So. So it's, it's, you can be flexible nowadays and still be able to do something, still mm-hmm. be able to pursue your dreams while still bringing up your children. And I like to see it as like, you know, this is your chance to also inspire your kids. As they, they watch you. They learn by example. Well, like, What is it that you want to bring to your children? And if you just want to stay and be a good mom, then okay, commit to that. Um, but be if good want, at what you do. But if you, wanna, if you want to go after a dream... Do it because if you don't you get resentful it comes back on the children
0: 100 and i guess that being brings us very very nicely to the end of our kind of session uh i must once again thank you thank you for thank sharing you. your kind of tips and tricks and i would strongly recommend if anyone is starting out in business um definitely instead of wasting time you know <laughs> definitely speak to someone like Mayleen. if they have the capacity then for sure they will they will they will assist um but um once again thank you and to our viewers please subscribe like and share thank you